You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 124, Eddie Harden Wizards Convention Bonus Tracks. And coming to you from the temperate suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you 992 miles away from Chicago, I'm your co-host, John Tax Fraud Matola. <laughs> All right, lay it on me. What have, what 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 sort of fraud have you committed? This is being recorded, so mm. this could be well evidence. No, no. Well, apparently, um, I got a letter today from the Department of Treasury. Okay, we found a miscalculation on your 2020 form 1040, and now I owe the government. $258.93. Ugh. Not the worst amount to owe, but I'd no. rather not throw $250 away, like, for nothing in return. No, I mean, yeah, luckily it wasn't like you. You lost $25,000. <laughs> well, I mean, I but. was expecting a federal refund of $350, which still hasn't gone through yet, but I figure maybe that's why it didn't, because they found an error. Uh, but this was the first, actually, this is the first time that I've ever had any, owed any, at least since I can remember, owed any money or a, a mistake was found. So yeah, I guess my time is up. It's like that, um, there's like a, a tweet about that, about just how screwed up our tax system is. And it's mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, the government's like, hey, you owe us money. And we're like, how much? Uh, you, you need to figure it out. You guess. Is it, is it this much? Nope. You have to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, mean it's true. Pretty much how it is, right? It's, it's the stupidest system in the world. It's like, you know how much we owe you. Just freaking tell us. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not a goddamn accountant over here. You know, it's like I'm probably the worst person with numbers. And it's I got to figure this out. Or pay somebody to do it even worse. Well, right. It is. It's just. It's just. I don't know how it works in other countries. So I, I mean, for all I know, it's. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's a nightmare in every country. But it's just so stupid that it works that way. Luckily, my cousin Jeff, who um, is referenced on the show quite often, is my accountant. So he, hmm. he and he is an accountant too. So he's not. He's not just doing this like he normally digs ditches, but he does my taxes for. No, he's. <laughs> it's a, it's a side hustle. <laughs> He's a professional accountant and has been my accountant forever, which is good through all sorts of crazy things and businesses and all that sort of stuff. So um, oh. very, very good. So I just we just send him. Well, I don't even do it anymore. Jen just sends him all, all of our files. She compiles them all and just shoots them over to him. And uh, he takes care of the rest. It's a great thing. I mean, make sense of this. We also <laughs> we also pay him. So it's not like we're mm. just getting free taxes, but. So what's uh, what's going on out there in the what was it the tempered suburbs of Chicago? You know, I don't even know why I said that. I you know <laughs> like I was like I was like, and I was thinking to myself, you know, John, like we, we usually never even reference what I say. We always like just forget or never come to it. And then I was like, this is gonna be the one week he calls me on it, and I I got nothing. <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> 
Well, well I was well, actually it was, thinking it was, like it was kind of nice today, like the weather, it, yeah. and it's going to be um, it's going to be really hot and muggy and thunderstormy for the rest of the week. So there you go. Yeah. So it's um, actually, I was thinking like you know. Which is funny because you're like, ah, John never referenced it. I think, you know, I never asked Nate what his thing means, so I'm going to ask him today. Try to remember that next week, and I'll try to have something good. I I literally had nothing. I was just like, I don't know. It's been pretty temperate today. Mowed the lawn. It was beautiful. Mowed the lawn. Listen to to some podcasts while mowing the lawn. I mean, sweet. doesn't get any better than that. But. Sir. But there you have it. So, um, hey, if you want to support the Deep Purple podcast, we'll have a little bit of a shorter episode for you today. We're kind of, we're kind of trying to get into that 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 rhythm of 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 one short episode, one kind kind of longer episode, back and forth, so that we're not just uh, giving you crazy length episodes every single so week, tumbling but. you away with two hour episodes every week. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, so there's a few ways you can support the show. One is leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Two, buy some merch at our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes at deeppurplepodcast.com where you can find all the information we talk about in every episode, pictures, links, videos, you name it. It's all there. So check it out. Um, you can also become a patron on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can help support the show. Um, you can you can keep us so that we, we, we have got money to be able to put in the kitty and buy albums and buy um, various stacks of CDs and everything that we'll be talking about today. Um, you know, so that that's really good. If, you know, for those those situations where uh, it's an album that we're going to review and I don't already own it, um, it's really handy to be able to pick one up and you can pick up a lot of good used cds on discogs for just a few bucks so it's really nice um then sometimes buy the uh, vinyl albums when we can get them so thank you to all of our patrons who donate on pay uh, patreon but also on paypal and speaking of which at the executive level we have the turn it up to 11 dollar tier with clay wambacher frank tealgard mortensen alan ain't too proud to beg and michael steen and at the 10 dollars someone came tier steve seaborg of name on anything.com and all the world's stage.net ryan m jeff bryce gerald kelly and of course victor Campos. thank you so much to all of you for your generous and ongoing support of the deep purple podcast Speaking of which, um, we have a oh, hey oh, hey oh, a patron upgrade. Sorry, I was a little late there because my my daughter was playing with us and she put it somewhere goofy. Um, <laughs> I had to reach over there and get it. Uh, so yeah, um, Anton Glaving is moving up to the six dollar and sixty six cent tier. Um, right. Really cool. So I sent him a note thanking him, and he said uh, he writes back and says enjoying the show more than ever. I had been considering upgrading for quite a while. What sealed the deal was your deft move to quietly demote the $3 patrons from core to foundation level. I feel it simply <laughs> will not do for me to drop below the core level. So here's looking forward to more great content from your splendid podcast. All the best. So thank you very much, Anton Glaving. And um, I will say very, uh, he's calling that deft. I'm calling him uh, noticing that deft because uh, it wasn't, meant to be a downgrade or a demotion it was just simply like i think we referenced at one of the shows we we had this gigantic group in the middle and then the one dollar ones was kind of a, a a smaller group at the end so we're just trying to even out those three groups that we used to to um to, to thank everyone if you're new to the show we used to thank everybody right up front but it was getting to be like a 20 minute ordeal every episode so we try to space it out now so that everybody gets a uh, gets a shout out so thank you to all of you uh, for um 
uh, for helping support the show. And um, another note in from one of our patrons, uh, Dr. Jill Brees, jumping right on it. Uh, as soon as the episode aired, she writes back and says, Hi, Nate and John. Persistent twitching eye. So it says, the most common cause is fatigue, stress, and excessive caffeine. Uh, so, hmm. However, if it persists for more than two or three weeks, then you need to see a doctor as there are other rare diagnoses which can cause this problem and we need and may need to be uh, investigated further. Sorry, can't be of any more help from across the Atlantic, Dr. Jill. Oh, boy. So how, how's your eye doing? Um, you're going to have to go see a doctor. Is it still twitching? Yep. Oh, boy. Well, don't don't stress about it. I'm sure it's nothing, but... Maybe that's why it's twitching. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm stressed You're stressed it. about it twitching. <laughs> that's why it won't stop twitching. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's like it will, but that... You know what I mean? It's not like... Like... Like 24 hours a day. I mean, like... Yeah, it'll yeah. Go yeah, oh, away yeah, yeah. and then it'll come back or whatever. But... Um, I mean... I'm not fatigued. You know, I mean, I get enough sleep and I don't think that I'm, I'm not unduly stressed over anything. And, and, I don't, and you're not really a caffeine guy. I don't drink. The only thing that I can think of is, is that, um, that I, I, um, I usually like take a, a pre-workout before I exercise and that, you know, that's okay. a lot of those are known to have a caffeine in them. And, um, I had recently switched hmm. to a different one that I've been using before. And I'm wondering if maybe that's, you know, affecting me that way, because I don't really know how caffeine affects me because like, you, you know, we pointed out, I'm not a really a coffee drinker or anything like that. And I mean, I do, you know, I work out almost every day. So, I mean, I'll be taking that almost every day and maybe it's, maybe this particular one isn't good for me. So hmm. maybe I should stop taking it and see what happens. It could be. Or, you know, go to the, go to the doctor before all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm like, I'm crawling to the computer to like record an episode. And I'm like, <laughs> because I have like no more motor function or, you know. <laughs> well, you seem, it's, you seem to be doing okay from our end, but you know, I maybe, maybe you just t call your doctor or talk, talk to do a televisit or something. I don't know. <clears throat> well, thank you to Dr. Jill Reese. I know. So week, week by week, we'll be we'll be solving this mystery of John's twitching eye. This is week three, folks. Week three of the twitching eye saga. Oh and or, you know, you know what? Sometimes I do. I've had this issue before. Yeah. I had this issue with a breakfast uh, uh, cereal that I was eating at work. I started eating it for breakfast every day. And every, so every day, like in the middle of the day, like after lunch, I'd start, my stomach would be really upset and I'd, I was like, oh man, like what's wrong with my stomach? I couldn't really, I feel real gassy every single day. It was like, it just came on out of nowhere. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing in the world. And it was going on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then finally, just one day I was like, you know what, this, maybe it started when I started eating that breakfast cereal. So one day I just didn't eat that breakfast cereal. Didn't happen. And I was hmm. like, that's weird. I was like, was that a coincidence? So the next day I ate the cereal again. Happened exactly the same way. I was thinking it was always having for for lunch, but I think it was for breakfast. And then I found that it had inulin in it, like, uh, uh. It, and that must have just been like really upsetting my stomach. And and sure enough, like I, I've had it happen a few times now where I have that same feeling, and I'll look at like what I've eaten that day, and I'm like, oh, it's got inulin in it. So I try to avoid hmm. that. But huh. well, self diagnosis. So, but well, so maybe I mean, try. So my point is maybe stop. Don't use that pre workout. 
try a different, yeah. you know, for for a week or so, and see if see if it goes away. Yeah, maybe I should because I I went away in the middle of last week and I didn't, you know, obviously didn't take it for like maybe two or three days, but maybe mm-hmm. that's not enough. Maybe like you said, a whole week is, you know, it's probably a simple explanation like that. Right. Well, that, and that's medical mysteries with uh, Nate and John, our new spinoff podcast. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we've we've done some good good work here, and, and we'll get to the bottom of this. So um, we'll have more more updates for you next week. Um, <laughs> well, maybe not next week because we're recording our next episode so soon. <laughs> right. Well, tomorrow I'll let you know. Yeah, we're recording our next episode in literally like twelve hours. <laughs> so probably so won't. if. if in the morning, if you see me wearing an eye patch, then you'll know it hasn't gotten any better. <laughs> oh, boy. And speaking of which, uh, uh, we've got the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Check out deepdivepodcastnetwork.com. The link to that is on our website show notes as well with all of our brother and sister podcasts. You can check them all out um, there. Um, and then, uh, of course, we're, we're, we're Dead Daisy's Watch is on uh, September 11th as we get closer and closer. We're really close now. I guess we'll, well, when this episode comes out, yeah, we'll be about um, 11 or 12 days away. Um, yep. So we're still kind of hoping it goes okay i mean still planning on it i mean you know my uh my schedule came out at work for that week and i'm off i'm off that still off that weekend but told everybody hey i might i might just pop up i might, <laughs> I might just be going to work anywhere. anyway <laughs> might not be going anywhere so yeah you know, i've done that so. before like something something come up and i've just been like i just go to work anyway though what are you doing here uh it just didn't work out <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, I mean, it's, uh, eh, still not, still not looking great, but I mean, Hey, you know, there's everything still seems to be mostly fine. Yeah. I mean, there's Um, been a lot of cancellations, uh, no, no cancellations in this end. The, there is like mask mandates again in this area. So if that County has one, I mean, actually probably, probably a better thing if they did have the the mandate for the the place, but I guess we'll see what happens. I don't, and who knows how they're enforcing it, but we'll see, hopefully tentatively planning on doing it. Um, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, planning to do it until we can't or won't be able to. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh boy. All right. So this week we are getting together to talk about the bonus tracks from the Wizards Convention. And if you listen to our Wizards Convention episode, which is episode number, I don't remember, um, was it 115? Um, that was smooth. Yeah. So. Episode. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think anyone even noticed that. Um, we talked about the Wizards Convention, the album, as it was released, and it's the album's gone through a few iterations. So there was a there was a release that came after the original release that had like three additional bonus tracks. Then the one that I got in 1994, which is this one right here, has the six additional bonus tracks. And then there's one that came out in 1999. That has uh, it's called the Masters with Eddie Hart in there, like with his little jeans and shirt shirt on, just kind of leaning against the the cover of the album. Um, that one has is the exact. It's two discs. It's exactly the same as this, plus an extra disc that has more material that's not really related to Wizards Convention. So it's kind of weird. Um, I mean, some of it's like a later Wizards Convention stuff and other stuff. So, but it's not related to the original Wizards Convention album. Um, so what we'll be listening to should be if you if you have the Wizards. Con- album at least some of these tracks if not all of them should be familiar to, to you and the bulk of my listening to this 
um, when I first started was on the Butterfly Ball, the where they put just a few of the tracks. So so this this has been like doled out to me over over time very little. So it started with the six tracks they included on the Wizards convention, then it bumped it up to the full original release album with 11 tracks, then the 11 tracks plus the three bonus tracks, then the 11 tracks plus the six bonus tracks. So um, when I heard the two CD set came out, I was like, oh my God, more tracks, but they're not really related. So, um, so yeah, so slowly as I've built a tolerance up and just gotten more Wizards convention tracks in my life. Um, and that's always great. But these, these, you know, the same tracks that feature a lot of the same players. Um, uh, the, the big difference with these tracks that we're going to listen to today is that two of the six feature Ronnie James Dio on vocals. So, mm. and they didn't make the um, original album. So uh, that's really, uh, really going to be of, of interest and note to any Dio fans out there. So if you're listening to this podcast, you probably fall into that category. So that's the kind of the setup. Not not much more to go. And, you know, I guess one of the I'd say one of the disappointing things about these re-releases. I mean, they're really nice. But like looking at this one right here, like my main thing was like, oh, great. There's going to be lots of information in this booklet. And it was kind of like he, he tells a cool story about how it came about. And he talks about some of the stuff. There's some pictures of that you're familiar with from the that you've seen before of the Deep Purple guys. Uh, but but there's not like a great rundown of who plays on what and all. I, I I like to just have all the info. Like this person played the maracas on this track and this person did that. Yeah. There's not a ton of that. Uh, the only thing that uh, you can just kind of uh, that the information that you get from here is who sang on what track, which is kind of obvious. Um, the two Dio tracks are are mostly Eddie Harden and Dio singing in unison together which creates a really, we'll get to it when we get to those tracks again, but it creates a really distinct sound, which I think is really cool. And like we talked about on the original Wizards convention, we already heard some of that with with him and other singers too, which we kind of feel like he laid down a vocal guide track, the other guy sang over it, and they liked the effect of them blended together, so they just left it that way. Um, that being said, you know, it's Dio, so he'll go off a little bit too. Um, so the first track um, on this album is, or on the bonus tracks, I should say, is I'm Looking Forward to Tomorrow. And this track is sung by Billy Ocean, which is... The Billy Ocean? The Billy Ocean. Mm. Um, so this would have been kind of early on in his career. Um, Billy Ocean's awesome. Uh, really big fan. Uh, my wife is a huge Billy Ocean fan. Um, and we kind of like with this, you know, I, you always grew up with Billy Ocean, right? Uh, Caribbean queen and, uh, you know, get out of my dreams, get into my car, you know, so songs like that, like that they played on the radio. Um, uh, red light means danger. You ever heard that track? No. Oh, that's a jam. It's so good. No. I'm only familiar with probably the two you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, um, I read light means danger, I think is probably uh, probably one of my favorites by him. Really, really good. Uh, but he's just got an incredible voice. And you'll hear the the thing like listening to this album all all the way through with the bonus tracks is I notice like you go from swanks and swells basically into this. 
Um, yeah, that swanks and swells kind of, uh, I guess, instrumental uh, part two, they call it. And then it goes into this track, which sounds to me notably more like better produced. So you'll have this song, which is seems sounds better produced. And then the next couple songs sound a little bit more demo, like they weren't completely fleshed out. And then when you get into the Dio tracks, those are like pretty polished as well. So here we go. We're going to kick it off with I'm looking forward to tomorrow lead vocals by Billy Ocean. Just such a passionate vocalist. I would have known it was him. And you can even see him there at the bottom. He made the. Or is that? I can't tell if that's him or not. But I'm pretty sure that's Billy Ocean on the cover of the album. Which may have been confusing for people when it was originally released. <laughs> it was this guy, he's not even on the album. I mean, it sounds a lot like... Um like Eddie Harden. That might be Jimmy Holmes, I'm not sure. I mean, like, same style of voice or whatever, you know? Like, if you didn't tell me it was somebody different, I'm just like, oh, okay, it was somebody that we already heard singing on the album. And it's such a, I mean, it's such a mellow song, but I just love the passion he brings to the vocals. I mean, this song's all about the vocals. There's hardly anything else. It's just some really simple chord changes with great singing over it. Got those like little orchestrated strings that kind of creep in. All right, looking mm. forward to tomorrow. Um, are we rating these? I got them in the spreadsheet. I mean, yeah, we can. We can rate them. We rated other bonus tracks, right? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Nobody, there's nobody here to tell us what to do. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's just do it, man. Let's do it. Let's rate it. Looking forward to tomorrow. You made everything bold again. How come you keep doing that? <laughs> you, you just really want to like, you want to emphasize this track, I guess. I'm just like tapping shit and like not, <laughs> you know, understanding what's going on. Yes. Like, you know, I un unboldened. Oh, is that a, a word? Unbolded it. Sure, unbold. All right, regular. Regular three point five. <laughs> um, there wasn't much to this song, like you said, but um, I can appreciate. Um, I mean, I didn't find it like you know too interesting or outstanding, but I, what I did like about it was it sounded like a Wizards Convention song. Mm-hmm. And now that you told me that it was Billy Ocean, I mean, like I, like I said, I only know knew his couple of hits, so it's like when I heard him sing, I could be like, yeah, I hear. I hear that that's his voice, but I didn't, you know, and I, I like the songs too. You know, those were like two, you know, yeah. hits that I like. So it's not like I'm like, <laughs> Billy Ocean, but I didn't realize that <laughs> he was, um, his, he was that versatile. Like he was like, you know, he could sing like that, you know, probably cause I mean, I'm guessing that most of his pop stuff, you know, he didn't do that. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, really surprised at what a, a good vocalist he is. Yeah, I, I would recommend going back and listening to some of his stuff, particularly Red Light Means Danger, which is just a really, really great. So it's got a great groove to it. It's like it's kind of like a it's almost like a dark sounding song, but then it's but it's got like this little kind of like picked up little verse and it and it's just got a great chorus and awesome vocals. I just Googled Billy Ocean and you know how like um, Google or recommend like people also ask. The first yeah. question is, where is Billy Ocean right now? <laughs> like. like- at this moment. Yeah, that's just kind of funny to me. Like somebody somebody's like, I, I need to know where he's right now. Like, I, I guess it's just you, you're wondering where he lives, but it's a weird way to ask it. Where is he right now? Um, he's probably in a coastal community. <laughs> he's in England, apparently. I mean, it makes sense. He's English or I think he's from Trinidad or something. Um, but I, I think he's I think he's lived in England for a long time. Um, and he has his first solo album came out the same year uh, Wizards Convention came out, um, oh. which is 1976. I'll have to I check. That. I, I don't think I've I'm not familiar with that album. I'm more familiar with his like early 80s hits. So I have to check yeah. that out. I, I do. I do love Billy Ocean. Um, I'm going to give this one a 4.5. This one always just really something Whoa. about his his vocals just just kill me. I've loved the I've always loved this song. And Eddie Harden apparently loves this song, too, because um He's included this on a number of different things. I think it's on one of the other Wizards conventions. It's on his Wind in the Wind in the Willows um, album, as well as the live concert. It starts off, I think, with Maggie Bell singing it. So um, mm-hmm. he's a big fan of this song. Um, I remember when I first watched the Wind in the Willows concert, I I saw them open with this song, and I was just kind of shocked. I was like, "Oh wow!" And then as I looked at more, I realized he's he's kind of recycled this song a lot of times for good reasons. A really good, very mellow, like you said, um, but uh, they do mm-hmm. a lot with it. All right, um, the next track up is called. Uh, this is this one is against one of the ones that sounds a little bit more like a demo, and it's called uh, "Time for Another." And this one is sung by Eddie Harden. Hear that like that that like sounds like like a drum machine almost in the background. Mm-hmm. Like you hit the samba patch on the Casio keyboard. Why 
Oh, now that you said that, I can't unhear it. <laughs> you know, one thing, I, I never really thought about the Samba patch thing either, but I also never thought about the... Um, I'll have to wait till it gets to that part again, but I'm getting a, a vibe from a from a Beatles song there. Oh. The Beatles are like, is it like Wings or Paul McCartney? No, there could be a Paul McCartney. Yeah, because that's that. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's like Band on the Run, right? Uh, like, uh, is it Band on the Run where he has that? Like, I, I think it's one of the parts in Band on the Run that you're thinking of. Maybe it's hard for me to think of the other song when this one's playing. Not good at multitasking. Oh, that drum machine, man. <laughs> well, like I, I said, I used to have a Casio keyboard. Oh, everybody, know? I was standard issue. You know, you press the thing, you'd be like. Like, all right. And then there's definitely this beat. Slow samba. Why's it gotta be this way? It feels so wrong. It, 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 you've got that traditional, like, um, Eddie Harden vocal with, like, I don't know if it's a flange or a chorus on his vocal, but this also obviously sounds very Wizards Convention. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so you've got this this band on the run sort of sounding thing. And God, the Beatles song, I can hear it in my head. It's going to drive me crazy. Oh, it's um, it's a continuing story of Bungle, Bungalow Bill. That's what it is when he dun 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 that little melody thing he does that little those little steps up. Mm hmm. That 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 I think is what I'm, um, is what I'm thinking of, which which is funny because I've literally never thought that once of the hundreds of times I listened listened to it before. But it, as soon as we played it here, I was thinking of this like a, um, you know, it, if looks could kill, it would have been us instead of him. That little little run they do up on that song, it's the same thing. Mm. I don't know if mm. that was intentional, but. That's what I'm thinking of. Anyway, again, that's more of like a, a demo version. Um, I, I think I've spoiled you on it by mentioning the Casio keyboard, something else I didn't think of before. But uh, what do you think of Time for Another? Um, I don't know how to get... What is wrong with me? <laughs> You're making everything bold again. <laughs> You literally I almost changed the color of the font. That, that has literally never it. happened before. I think like last episode you made things bold and now you just can't stop doing it. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I got to give this one a 2.5. It's just kind of, yeah, it's like a demo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not ready for prime time. Yep. You know, it's, it's just, a, I don't know. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, we, we talked through most of it, so that shows how it, how much it grabbed me. I mean, you know, some things are just ideas, and they're not meant to, right. you know, be on an album. I wonder and, if he uh, ever you know. did this one again, like a different version of it. Um, I give this one a three. I, I mean, I really like it as just having listened to it a number of times as part of this album. It's just kind of been always part of the tapestry of this album to me. Um, but yeah, it's, it, 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 it definitely sounds like it's unfinished, which for good reason, I think it's a demo. So, um, so then we're going into kind of a, uh, this is another Eddie Harden song called the put down song. Um, and this is, uh, a little bit more fleshed out version, but I think also a demo. So let's check this out. The put down song. I just like, uh, I just think of him just like walking down the street, kicking a can, you know, it's like all just feeling sorry for yourself kind of song. But again, he's got some pretty good orchestrations on it. Yeah, you're right. This is a little... more realized yeah as a song and you wonder though if you if this is something he was going to try to have somebody else sing it almost makes me think of like um I don't know, like the Partridge family in the early 70s covering like a song from like 10 to 15 years earlier, mm -hmm. like a 60s song. Like it has that kind of like 60s song vibe to it. Yeah, sure. This must be a Ray Fenwick solo. So you've got <clears throat> these first four songs are very, um, very mellow. And maybe that's maybe they wanted to keep the album a little bit more upbeat. Although the whole album, I mean, there's not a lot of like rockers on the album, but.
Nice. I'm not sure who was, um, again, who's playing on that. I'm assuming Ray Fenwick, probably Mo Foster on bass. Could have been Roger Glover. He was around in the studio at the time. Um, but the put down song. Yeah, and I kind of like the. I mean, I'm always a fan of like some sad sack song about feeling sorry for yourself. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I don't like to. I don't like to think I'm that kind of person, but maybe maybe I am. Who knows? Um, yeah, yeah, sad sack. <laughs> All right, the put down song, John. What do you think? Oh, put me down for a three point five <laughs> for this one. I knew you were gonna say 3. that. Three point five put downs. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm predictable. Um, um, it was it was definitely better than the last song. Um, I liked it, and um, yeah, I mean, basically what I said before, you know, it just makes me think it's like a, like a '70s version of like a '60s song. Yeah, you know, it just has that nice kind of mellow, you know, I think melodic vibe to it. Um, I think it's the the way that he's singing too. You know, it's it's almost like the. Uh, I don't know how like those '60s crooners would sing, except he's not crooning, but it's no. like kind of the the melody is is uh, similar. Um, and then the way it ended too on that kind of like and do, 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 do. and then all the strings kind of swell up and yeah, yeah. So it's um yeah, but it was good. I would say like you know um again another song I wouldn't seek out, but um you know I thought it was pleasant. I thought it was good. Probably the best of the ones that we've heard so far. I will give this one a 3.5 as well. I like it. I like, uh, like I said, I like, I like songs about sad sacks. It reminds me of the, the, the scene from, I think it's Hard Day's Night where Ringo's being all depressed and he's like, he's walking down the water and he's like kicking rocks and stuff and just feeling sorry for himself. It just always, it, it makes me think of that scene for some reason. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with the Beatles. Um... Okay, so before we move on, we have to, of course, thank our patrons coming in at the core level, right? Core level? Yes. At the $7.70... <laughs> starting over. At the $7.77 Keep It Warm Rat tier, Michael Vader. At the $7 No One Named tier, Richard Fusey. At the episode $6.66 tier, we have Steve Coldwell, Arthur Smith, and... Heyo, our new $6.66 patron, Anton Glaving. At the $6.65 almost evil tier, we have Kenny Wymore. At the $5.99 nice price tier, we have Fielding Fowler and Dr. Jill Brees. And at the $5 moneylender tier, we have Greg Sealby, John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Alman, Oleksii the Perfect Stranger Slepikov, James North, Mark Hodgetts, Kev Roberts, Will Porter, Zwopper the Electric Alchemist, and Tim Southern Cross Johnson. Thank you so much for all your support. We might have to put the $5 moneylender tier in their own category someday because so many of them <laughs> have to branch it off into four categories. Yeah. Um, but but it, but this has become very fractured. We've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six tiers now in that category from $7.77 to um, $5. And I love that everyone's been creating, making these creative new tiers. Keeps things very interesting. Thank you to all of you so much for supporting the show. All right. On the home stretch here with our bonus tracks, the next track up is another super mellow one before we get into uh, some more rockin' songs. This one is called Good Night Children. 
some really classic dark electric piano sounds from the Wizards Convention. Super, super reverberated vocals there. Oh, yeah. And if we drink too much, Sounds like he's singing from across the room. We talked about um, a song I did being influenced off of a my uh, song from Miami last week. I also did a song that was very heavily influenced by this song without really realizing it at the time. You know, you just listen to an album nonstop and then you start writing songs or recording songs and realize you're stealing huge chunks of them. Well, there's a kid singing with him. You know, I wonder if it's his daughter. It's very distinctive, though. You can tell it's a kid. Yeah, it's really cool. And you know, his daughter um, is a singer, and she has, I think she runs like a um, music school or something. Hmm. Um, her name, I think, is Emma Harding. Is it Eddie Harding's real name is Eddie Harding with an e- a G at the end. And his daughter's name is Emma Harding. I wonder if that could be her. I don't know how old she is, so I don't know. And that's another thing that never occurred to me until listening to it this time is maybe that's her. rattling noise like I always thought that was like I thought I always thought that was like a problem with my CD or something when the CD skips it sounds a little bit like that but it's on other recordings I've heard of it so Hmm. I don't know what it's supposed to be That the, the children, the, the sounds of the sound of the, the child is it. Um, what's the kiss song? Is it like God of Thunder or something that has like kids in the background, like just mm-hmm. yammering on about something? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I never really understood how that fit into that song, but it always seemed really weird. I, mean, I think, like, a, you know, don't quote me on it, but I know, well, I mean, I know that it was. Um, Bob Ezrin's kids fooling around in the studio uh, mm-hmm. with like toy toy guns and yeah. you know like ray guns and stuff like that. And I think that he didn't like you know intentionally do it. He just you know re- recorded them like fooling around in the studio during that time or that song, and then put it in as an effect to go with the song. And it kind of like you know it was one of those things that just. You know, they experimented and it kind of worked and added to the kind of the weird, Real, you know, really weird to it. Yeah. But I mean, if you listen to it, if you listen to the studio version, it works, you know? Yeah. 
So without it making really any sense. So I mean, yeah, well, this song is about saying goodnight to children. So I guess it makes perfect sense to have. I I, I kind of yeah. like the 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 effect again. Eddie Harden's always uh, at least the the the. the the standard thing he does on Wizards Convention is is recording a vocal where he's singing along with somebody else. And to me, I always really liked that effect is you're hearing mm -hmm. sometimes it's just him and sometimes it's just someone else. But when when they he blends together with someone else, it's just kind of I always thought it was a really cool, neat effect. But um, all right. Good night, children. What do you say about this one? I give it a three point five. I feel about the same as I do the other bonus tracks is like, you know, they're, they're all just, you know, okay, I guess. Yep. You know, I mean, I, I don't really like songwriting is good, but I don't hear anything like exceptional in here. Right. You know, um, which I mean, like we said is, you know, why they're probably bonus tracks. Yep. It could not, be. Yeah. We're not, tracks. we're not dropping any fives like you did on the, uh, play me up bonus tracks. <laughs> I bet that surprised everybody. <laughs> I did. I almost fell out of my seat. It was good, though. Was good. I, I celebrate it. Um, all right. So the next track, now we're going into the Dio days here. We got two tracks featuring Ronnie James Dio uh, singing along. I don't, you, I don't think you rated it. Oh, I didn't? Oh, I'm sorry. Or you, I, also, you, you, I also give this one a 3.5. Okay. Again, or you typed it in but didn't say anything. I always, I, and I always kind of. Well, I guess I can talk about it later. But I always kind of feel like this. This was like after Swanks and Swells was just like this really like super like upbeat punchy song. It, it kind of gives you like in the context of viewing this as an actual album with this sequence. Uh, kind of it's like oh, this is a little come down after all that. You know, there's all those big instrumental lead ups to it and everything, and then swanks and swells, and then it it just gives you this little come down, and then it brings you back up a little bit more with the next track. Um, so we'll go into that one next, and that is the song "Summer Days." Good deal. Dio's on this? Yeah, you can hear Dio. Listen in the background. You don't hear it? It's hard to pick them out. Really jumps out to me. Maybe it's because I know it's coming up later. I mean, it sounds really good. Love the vocals. Hear them? <laughs> there, it's obvious. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so yeah, Eddie Harding gets like one line solo, and then Dio throws that little little thing afterwards, which makes it 
maybe when you when your ear keys into it there, you can kind of pick up on it a little easier. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't tell me that he was in it, I wouldn't have even known. Like this part, you can tell. Great bass line here on two. I'm not sure who's doing the backing vocals on this. <laughs> Typical Ronnie James Zeal ad limbing at the end there. Yeah. You're like, I don't I can't tell that Ronnie's in. He's like, <laughs> You're like there he is. There he is. <laughs> I like that impression. <laughs> My back's against the wall. <laughs> 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 you know, like he just like what what was the song we, we were laughing it was a love is all right yeah it was like, when, he, when he did that and someone to lean on it's like he's just going off you're like and i think we talked about it too like he just like i think he'd done a couple of takes and then he just decided to like go off and they're like yep that's the one we're using <laughs> So that's yeah. uh, that's summer days. Oh, I mean, well, that that just gets a four for having Ronnie on it. <laughs> but but also, I mean, I'm not just going to hand out a four to you know to Ronnie. I mean, the the song was definitely. I I feel like it was it maybe it was cut from the album and and ready to go on it or something because I could tell there was better production. Um, you had like the butterfly ball kind of keyboards in there, you know, it kind yeah. of went along the, with na, 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 na. The, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the theme of the album. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I did really like the vocals. I mean, they um, they really like the, the the melody and like the the tracking of the double tracking of all the vocals really went well together. Like those guys were like a, kind of a, you know, a, a hidden gem of a duo. Yeah. And it's it's so they're so tight together. Like they're singing so closely with each other until that one little line where like Eddie Harding gets a line and then Dio does his like little screaming thing. Other than that, they're so close in sync. Like I definitely listened to this song um, quite a few times before I even realized like, holy wait, is that Dio in the background? <laughs> you know, you just don't even really realize it because they're so it just almost yeah. sounds like one person double tracking themselves or you're not really sure. But that being said, I think it would be interesting to hear like an Eddie Harden only version or a Dio only version mix of this. Yeah. Like, I think that would be really Pretty interesting cool. to hear what they sounded like. Um. All right. Buckle up, my friend. I got to give this one a five. I know. What? I know. <laughs> 
sorry. I'm not, I'm not actually, I'm not sorry at all. Uh, this is, this is, this is a song that is always in my head. Like I'm always singing that little, I'm sitting here in a corner sipping on another beer. Like, I don't know why. Like, let's just kind of like my good time, fun time, summertime song. Always, hmm. always like there, there's not like a week that goes by where I, I'm not singing this chorus to myself, like in like random. I don't know what it is. Um, I know it's your first listen. So, you know, listen back to it a few more times. I don't know that's going to get up to a five for you, but it's just one of those ones that always jumped out to me as being when I even when I first heard it, I was like, why the hell didn't they put this on the original album? This, I, of course, yeah. they had. You know limits back then too you can only fit so much on a on a record but i always really really loved this track and then when i learned it was dio on top of that and um i just i just thought it was i, th- I think it's a great great production great songwriting great like just that arrange it's a simple arrangement uh works really well always really loved the song so that's number one of the dio tracks mm. um then we go to the last bonus track, and that one's called Seems I'm Always Gonna Love You. And here we go into this to me was like the album closer. Another, this is Dio too? We, this is Dio as well. It took, it took you up a little bit on summer days, and now it's bringing you back down. Every other song that we've listened to is exactly three minutes. This one's four minutes. So it's a little bit of a longer track. That unmistakable Eddie Harden piano playing. yet obviously <laughs> there he is <laughs> to think of Dio as like a like a support vocal like a backing right. vocalist to someone like I Eddie mean, Hart like I love Eddie Harden's voice but well I'm not saying it's like beneath him or that he's like you know anything like that I'm just like it's you're not used to hearing Dio in the back like that just being being a support for that'd be it works it's great you know but I mean you know we obviously did what was right for you know, what he felt was right for the song. Although I was looking forward to some Dio lead vocals. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that would be. And it it, is unusual given the fact that he he had so many other lead vocalists on this album that he didn't give Dio a, his own track. 
I mean, it could it, it, it could have been just one of those things too. Like he was hanging around the studio that day. He's like, hey, why don't you jump in the booth? We'll do some background vocals on this track I just recorded the other day, and that's how it came about. Hmm. I mean, we've also talked about too. Like, I mean, you know, you have like musicians that are like so great, and they know like they don't always have to be like the star or the virtuoso. Like they can just jump in and do a guest spot or something like this and you know because they're at the end of the day they're still musicians a uh, nice ray fenwick solo here It's funny what you were just saying about, you know, the great musicians and, and kind of know I at the same time, even given the respect we have for him, I can't imagine him asking Glenn Hughes to just be like, hey, could you just go? Seems I'm always gonna love you. And don't mm. and don't deviate from that, Glenn. Just sing, okay, got it. You know, you know he would have been just all over the map with that. And the tracks that Glenn Hughes sings on this album are were some of our favorites like just the, his lead vocals were amazing but at, at least at that point i don't know that he would have been able to do what dio was doing it was yeah. so simple and again one of those things where i don't think i even realized it was dio um at first yeah all right what do you think of seems i'm always gonna love you i'll give this one a four as well all right the deal um, i think it's another it's another good one. You know, it's another good song. I like, I don't know. I just like how mellow they are. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, Hey, any like discovering any new Dio at all is, you know, him on anything is always a good thing. You know, there's like, I've said many times, there's not a lot that he's been on that I'm, that I don't like. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think these, um, I think this whole version is on Spotify. It's a great one. Like, you know, we're in this late summer here to just roll your car windows down and just crank summer days and on your drive to work or something. It's a it's an uplifting track. Um, as far as this one, I will agree with you and also give this one a four. I mm. always really seems I'm always going to love the song. Um, and I really do dig. The production of it, the synths, the guitar solo, the arrangement, mm. and it's all every, all of the tracks we listened to tonight are really simple like there was none that had a lot of the, some of the ones on the on the wizards convention the arrangements were like insane all the different parts and changes and all that and the, none of these were really trying to be anything else and i think some of it is like we talked about just them trying out some ideas or maybe these weren't 100 percent fleshed out but i don't really care i think they're a good song is a good song they've got some good melodies good hooks to them and um mm -hmm. i think uh i think this one closes out the album and the bonus tracks nicely that's it those are the bonus tracks from wizards convention um we promised you a short episode and we gave you a short episode so um but just didn't didn't want to leave that hanging out there too. Just like the the play me out bonus tracks, the way we were introduced to these albums were through these CD releases in the '90s, and a mm -hmm. lot of the times they included original albums 
with newer tracks and older tracks and everything just thrown right on there. So that's kind of the, the way that we grew up listening to these albums was hearing to me, that was all part of wizards convention. It wasn't getting the album in 1976 and then 20 years later, hearing it on the re-release, it was hearing it all at the same time. So, right. Um, all right. Before we end this episode, we do have to do one more thing, which is of course, to thank our foundation level patrons. Anton Glaving will not be joining them this week, I'm sad to say. Uh, at the $3 Nobody's Perfect tier, Peter Gardot, Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, Andrew Meyer, Duncan Leesk, and Stuart McCord. And at the $1 made-up name tier, we have Els Murders, Spacey Noodles, The Insecure, Leaky Mausoleum, Stephen Somerville, The Concerto 1999 Fanatic, Raf Calf, Spike the Rock Cat, JJ Stenard, Hank the Tank, and Flight of the Rat Bat Blue Light. Thank you so much to all of you for being patrons. Some of you since almost the very, very beginning. We really appreciate it. Um, and we hope to continue to delight you with more episodes in the future. One of which we're going to be recording in about 11 hours now. So <laughs> Imagine that. Okay. Might be our fastest turnaround. Although we've done, we've done some crazier ones than that before, probably. No, we have. We should just let the mystery... Uh, we should leave the mystery to our, our, our listeners and just say, no, we always show up at the same time every week. Yeah. We, you don't want to ruin the, uh, the, the magic behind the curtain. <laughs> Guys, this is unbelievable. Glamorous. This is look at this unbelievable <laughs> magic back here. <laughs> the see, glamour, you know, you see the, the window up there. That's really dark. It's going to be light on our next episode. <laughs> oh, the magic is unbelievable. How mm. do we do it? What, a, what an amazing community we've built here. All right. Well, Johnny, I'll see you tomorrow morning for our listeners in another week where we talk about another topic about Deep Purple. But what will it be? Well, you'll have to wait till next week to find out. All right, John. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. Let's have a, have a great one, and I'll talk to you next week. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> All right. I... All right, later. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. Awesome. No, no, no. Hey.